defense playing as well as they did? Did you think? Did you contemplate a quarterback change? And this was Sanchez's response. If we're throwing the football, the guy that gives us the best chance throwing the football is King and Oblad. He's the best natural thrower out there. Again, the way that the game was going and Armani not being 100% running the football or not feeling 100% comfortable running the football, we never even talked about it. Hmm. That might be my second favorite quote of all time behind, by Sanchez, simply because after everything he said, he still gave Kenyon the assurance, you're still our guy. I don't know. Like I said, I think those are just three quotes that encapsulate a situation that Sanchez handled absolutely beautifully. Yeah. he could. There is a thousand different ways he could have went with that, and I think all of them could have been bad with the exception of like four and he picked one of the four. So, um, I mean, that was just clearly one of the things that kind of stood out to me. But a 21-7 loss in a game where Jericho Flowers gets you two interceptions, drops a third interception, blocks a field goal, and downs a punt at the one. I told my dad about that stat line. And my dad said, I don't know about what you guys do. I don't know what your guys' practice schedule looks like. My dad said, but truthfully speaking, if I'm Jericho, he said, I'm walking into practice and I'm daring somebody to ask me to practice. I'm absolutely daring somebody. He said, because I'm walking in, whether I'm in college or not, I'm walking in Allen Iverson. Practice. After what I just practiced, I'm going to go ahead and hit this. Ther- I'm going to go ahead and get, get some of this treatment real quick. I'm not practicing today. Yeah, find me, come find me by the weekend. Find me when it's game time. Man, I will show up to film. I will participate in film. That first practice following that game, I am not practicing. <laughs> Two interceptions. I dropped the third one. Yeah, you're right. I'll do some push-ups or something. We'll figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> but, no. We're practicing, helmets, shoulder pads, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not running. That I'm was a good that. game, though. It was a, it was a very good game. That he, not the defense. Oh, you're talking about him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, no. I'm not even going to hold you. Like, I've seen a lot of sports. I've seen a lot of football. I've I've watched a lot of things firsthand, and I've been like – Defensive I'm, playmakers. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty lucky to see that. Team. Like I told that's my dad. A, that's not his trait. That's not a skill, you know? True. It's like – like I was telling my dad. When I looked at that side line, I look at defensive backs, and I think of milestone moments in the game. Wanting to down a punt at the one. Wanting to block a field goal. Wanting a multi-interception game. He did that all in one game? That's why I told my dad, I'm I'm kind of with you, bro. I'm not going to practice either. Yeah, he was out there playing. I'm not going to practice either. <laughs> I don't want to talk to anybody. Like, teammates were good. I'm just talking about, like, as far as coaches, I'm not talking to you about it. <laughs> it's not really negotiable. My leg hurts. My knee hurts. I woke up with a bad bruise on my knee. I'm going to go sit in this ice bath real quick. Anyway, that's just me. But, um, again, like you said, we were talking about on the sidelines. I'm watching Gabe still have bone-crushing hits in the fourth quarter with two minutes left. So, I mean, we we talk about our guys all the time. They're not going to stop fighting. Support the guys. Next week or this upcoming Saturday, final game at San Boyd. San Jose State. Shout out to Brandon Ezell. I know this is like an awkward time to do it, but shout out to Brandon Ezell. I went to um, shout out to White Chocolate, uh, White Chocolate Easy Money. I don't even know what else we call him, but shout out to Brandon Ezell, who's a defensive back for uh, the Spartans. Um, found a niche, man. He's one of the people that I think I'm gonna talk about in terms of waiting for your opportunity. Um, 
yeah, because San Jose State, he sat for a little bit, getting his opportunity now. When I tell you everything I see, San Jose State, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's the facility, it's his pitcher. Mm-hmm. So I hit him up a couple weeks ago and was just like, yo, November 22nd or 23rd, whenever you come down, relax. Like, be nice. It's our last game in San Boy. Chill out. Don't do nothing crazy. But uh, it'll be good to see Easy. Um, it'll be great to see Sam Boy get sent off, hopefully the right way, hopefully with a win. And then hopefully the season can get sent off the right way with a win at Reno and keeping that cannon red. Yeah. Um, Let's talk pro sports, man. Let's talk pro sports. I'm going to knock this out really quick, and I'm going to go down these scores. And then we're going to jump into uh, the Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph situation. Let's go ahead and start with... Um, again, that I've already mentioned, but Detroit has the ball right now. They're down 27 to 35 with 313 left, and they have the ball at Dallas's 32. Jeff Driscoll is the quarterback today for the Detroit Lions, and they are eight points. The starter. Yes, he started. What was the last game that Jeff Driscoll started? Last week for Matthew Stafford, but before this year, that's a very valid question. Had to be Cincinnati. Had to be one of the years that Andy Dalton got hurt. No, and it was Andy. It was AJ McCarron for a little bit, wasn't it? He was, I feel like, more the backup. Hmm. When's the last game that Jeff Driscoll started? That's a good question. We're gonna have to figure that out. Um, Either way, he's got twenty-seven on Dallas, and a chance to tie the game with under four minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Another game that just went final. The Indianapolis coach just capped off a thirty-three to thirteen win over the Jacksonville Jaguars, who had Nick Foles returning. He passed for two hundred and ninety-six yards and two touchdowns. The Buffalo Bills are stomping, like absolutely whooping uh, the Miami Dolphins, thirty-seven to twenty, with six minutes, a little, a little under seven minutes to go, six forty-one left in the fourth quarter. There is two minutes to go in um, in Denver, where, or excuse me, in Minnesota, where Denver is trailing, even though they have the ball, twenty-three to twenty-seven to the Minnesota Vikings. It once again, it is a two-minute warning. Um, Speaking of two-minute warnings, we have the Saints with a 34-17 lead over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa Bay with two minutes and 40 seconds left with that two-minute warning approaching. And in a game that I'm pretty sure nobody cared about today, the Jets hold a 13, or excuse me, hold a 34-11 lead over the Washington Redskins. Chance of a uh, sell the team in <laughs> At, at their state, we're at their stadium. At the game, coming from both sides, like, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, this game just seems. Like, if you bought tickets to this game, thinking that the Jets were going to be good with Le'Veon Bell, how disappointing! And you think you're going to see a, a Dwayne Haskins with something behind him? How you think you're feeling at this game right now? Lie too. <laughs> oh man, we should call Roman again too. Uh, especially with the Falcons holding a 29-3 lead over the Carolina Panthers, and they are inside of two minutes there right before the end of the game. Um, but but Kyle Allen's your guy, right? Moving forward. Yep. Oh, I thought you were talking to me. I was like, don't you dare do that. I really don't want Cam to go to Chicago. Like, the way that they're talking about Cam going to Chicago, I'm like. I don't Yo. think he wants Chicago like that. Is it about what he wants? If he gets, you think, well, he's not going to get traded. Do we know that? See, you can't trade anymore. The deadline's passed. Oh, the de- oh, and I'm not talking about this year. I'm talking about just in general, though. Because they save money in the offseason by cutting them. But if you can get something for him that's actually tangible. His contract doesn't expire this year? I'll, I'll, I'll fact check that right now. No, nah, I don't think that. so. It, yeah, I'll about to say, I think because uh, I know they save money in the offseason by just cutting them outright. Just letting them go. So we'll see what happens. But 
I'm talking about the city of Chicago wanting him. And if the city of Chicago wants him, now granted, the city of Chicago is one of those places. If you don't want to go, they'll change their mind fast and be like, cool, don't come. But if nobody else wants him and Chicago wants him, I don't think Cam is going to say no to any team personally. But I don't necessarily see a reason why he would look mm. at a team that has a great defense. You know what I mean? I think uh, I think he likes the Chargers. To the Chargers like him. I think the Chargers need to look at themselves in the mirror. I've been saying Phillip Rivers was not the answer for about eight years now. And they and they're lying, throwing him out there like, yo, y'all see who he is? <laughs> like, y'all know who I'm this is. I'm not doing this. We're they not are taking, who we thought they were. <laughs> they putting Phillip out there season in and season out without yeah. a backup quarterback on hey. the roster. <laughs> hey. Hey. They're, who's like, the best backup in Phillip Rivers' time? Is it Geno? Is it Geno Smith? Be uh, honest. Team Geno Smith? And that's the thing. I can't name you one. What do you have? Charlie Whitehurst? Clipboard Jesus? There's never Jesus. been a man. There's never been somebody ready to go behind Phillip. <laughs> Wasn't we're going into 2020? No, Wasn't there? <laughs> yeah, this is bad. They traded Phillip for Drew Brees, <laughs> which is still one of the most lopsided trades in history. Like it's still one of the most like. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> let's move for the on. record, uh, Cam's contract is set to expire in 2020. Yeah, so that's why I'm saying they save so, money next year by cutting them. So let's go ahead and touch on this last game really quick. That is final. 41 to 7. Baltimore Ooh, over Houston. Lamar Jackson. So Lamar Jackson, let me just touch on this really quick. 17 for 24, 222 yards, four rush, or excuse me, four passing touchdowns. Four passing TDs. However, yeah. Gus Edwards, 112 yards off of eight carries. Uh, when are we gonna address Baltimore's running game? And uh, how they can give it to you. Oh, there's about no question. seven different ways. We we know about their running game. We know about their running game, and I feel like that's a an attribute to the scheme. It's their coaching. entire offensive scheme. It's coaching. They don't know who's getting the ball. Nope. <laughs> they don't know who's getting the ball. <laughs> Mark Ingram. You think it's like the starter? Mark Ingram played. He's the de- he's almost split in time at running back with like a full rotation. Mind you, when he's back there, it might just be for a decoy, and Lamar's right. going to keep it still. So let me, let's see. For instance, um, you got more. Oh, okay. no! I was wondering how, wonder how many carries he had today. Oh, okay. See, so while you're looking that up, we can actually get into what happened on Thursday night. Um, all right. So I'm pretty sure everybody knows it now. And I started up. I started off this um, episode by saying shout out to Steve Weiss from NFL Network, simply because he's told me for years, if you have a radio show, if you write, if you have a podcast, if you have all these different things. He's told me two things. I think the first thing originally was, don't give away your opinions for free. Twitter is opinions for free. He said, and I think he might have altered it a little bit, a little bit later down the line. He was like, if you know for a fact that people are waiting for you to tweet your response, why don't you make those same people wait for your radio show? I was like, you know what? You're absolutely right. I like I like the area you just jumped into altogether because uh, it's important for finding yourself no as uh, as a sports commentator, as a sports contributor, as a sports journalist. Somebody wants to you know aspiring media, aspiring um, any of those goals in mind. You have to eventually say, okay, hold on. 
what do I want here? Do I, exactly. do I want likes? Do I want do I want a job? Exactly. Do I want job security? Do exactly. I want to be able to step right in if I did get an interview somewhere? Or how even do I want my my contributions to be seen? Right. And how do I want it to be interpreted? Yeah. Like, you know what's funny? And I'm going to say this real quick. Um, and this is, like, so random. But the reason why I'm saying that is because you got to pay attention to the ears that it falls on. I tweeted this thing out before. And I know it sounds... If you listen to the show, you know it doesn't sound crazy coming from me. I tweeted out, it's not... I was tweeting out, it's not how other races say the N-word. It's about how I hear it. (laughs) And life will be so much simpler when races that are not black understand that. It's not about the way you say it. It's about the vitriol that I hear when I hear it. Yeah. It's about a lot of nuance. (laughs) Just because Daryl's cool with it doesn't mean I'm cool with it. Daryl's triggers may not be my triggers. Yeah. And that's that, that's the word of the day. Nuance. I like that word a lot. Nuance. And the, the lights thing got dim, so I don't know what Ooh. I just said. I don't know what I didn't spark. Ooh. I don't know who I didn't pissed off, but it is what it is. I stand by what I said. Um yeah. stand for summer. Never mind. I'm gonna remember that though. Remember that. And if you hear that, man, I hope that means something. For sure. I would hope so. But the reason why I say that too is because I had so many different opinions. On the Miles Garrett and the Mason Rudolph situation, and I get on on the on the elevator yesterday, heading up to um, heading up to the press level in the press tower in the Finley Toyota press tower, and I heard somebody they weren't even talking to me, and you know how I am, just where we grew up. I any conversation that definitely don't involve me ninety percent of the time, and I'm I'm actually I'm gonna take it a step further. Ninety eight point nine percent of the time, I'm staying out of it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't involve me. I'm sitting on the elevator. And somebody is talking to somebody else, and you could tell that they wasn't even like together. So it was something he kind of posed to somebody else in the in the in the elevator. So I'm like, okay, cool. He said, "Are you one of those people who um are on the uh on the Mason Rudolph is the villain type?" And the dude was like, "Nah, no way." And I just turned my head slowly and was like, "Are you in the Mason Rudolph is absolved from anything camp?" And he was like, no, not at all. I was like, okay, cool. So we can meet in the, we can meet in the middle then. Because Miles Garrett absolutely trying to spike somebody with a helmet? Nah, no doubt. I understand that. Do I believe that he was swinging for subconsciously realizing that there was a helmet in his hand? I do. Mm-hmm. I do. The reason why is because I'm going to start right at the very beginning. And I'm a, I feel like, like I'm going to be on Stephen A. Smith a lot today. But Stephen A. Smith said, the game is out of the game is out of reach. You already won the game. There's eight seconds left. You're slamming me to the ground. I stopped it right there. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If I was in the studio with Stephen A. Smith, I would have tried to stop that right there. Because first of all, you contradicted yourself. Everything in this begins on hard lingers around where we begin. Where do we exactly. begin? Exactly. So that's why I would have stopped him there to be like two things that you just said. One, you contradicted yourself. And two, it's false. Like, it's just, it's not true. Number one, where you contradicted yourself is you said, the game is already out of hand. The game is over. And then you said there's eight seconds left. Anybody who has ever played a sport. And they're passing the ball. Not even that. Anybody who has ever played a sport. First thing I was taught, we never played a score. 
to a whistle, especially playing and play out. So you telling me that the game is out of reach, but there's eight seconds left means absolutely nothing to me. That means I have eight seconds left of football to play. Going on, I have eight seconds left of football to play. Still lining up against this man who I do not like, who's trying to. Who's trying to score? Who's trying to lay down. No, I'm just talking about the, the line. The line. Yeah, you know oh, you're talking about the little. Yeah. yeah, I got a hand in my chest right now, and you want me to go fifty percent? That's how you know I get hurt. This is my last shot. <laughs> yeah, technically, I only got I only got eight seconds left to hit you again, legally. So that's where I would have stopped them there. And then the second one, where he was just absolutely, it was just fall. It was a lie. He, he said Miles Garrett slammed him. Miles Garrett was twisting with him. How did Mason Rudolph end up on top of him then if he slammed him? If anything, that was like what we saw with Cat and Embiid. Literally. They went down. He didn't slam anybody. Hey, that's his job, to bring the quarterback down. What? Didn't we just have a situation where Khalil Mack wasn't giving out candy on Halloween? He's hit somebody harder than that. <laughs> Way harder. Wait, he has slammed people harder than that. He has had situations where you've really been like, okay, wait a minute, what's going on? But there's a lot that I want to unpack with this only because – when he goes down, I'm like, okay, I know for a fact that people see Mason Rudolph twisting that man's helmet like it's Did a damn boat steering wheel. Did you see this live? No. I think I was, I was working there. I was doing something okay. in that me, moment. Me neither, me neither. But I went and watched it like Thursday, right man. after. Yeah, I seen who, it. Yeah. I was like, what was this? But the reason why I think that was so important to me was because he's literally SpongeBob. That's our generation. SpongeBob. We've seen SpongeBob row the boat. We've seen it. We've seen him drive the boat. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Meg. Shout out to Mrs. Puff. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> so we've seen how SpongeBob literally takes the wheel. Why was Mason Rudolph doing that to Miles Garrett's neck? I think everybody just wants to ignore that. Bro, and I, and I, and he's I on his not. back twisting. And I could not. And I could not. Because I would be in, bro, I would be charged. What? What's going on? Why is my head being taken off? I was so confused. First of all, anybody who's ever put a helmet on, it's snug. It's super snug. And you're going to twist it? I might have my chin. Like people, I feel like they hardly wear chin straps now. But it's like, yo, it's not supposed to come off. It's a different chin strap. Like, I was looking at yeah. Dak Prescott. I was the first one that I was like, oh, that's not a regular chin strap. Like, it slides. Like, it's weird now. It's new. I was like, what is this? Um, we can, we can see. I'll was, show you in a second. AB was talking about. Exactly. I'll show you in a second. But. The whole situation that kind of bothered me about the Miles Garrett thing is everybody ignored that. But you could tell even in his reaction to it, he still wasn't the aggressor. What he did was he picked him up by it. It was retaliatory. He picked him up by his face mask almost like a, this is what what you want to do? All right, you want to play this game? Cool, I'm going to pick you up by yours. He picked them up, and it just so happened to slide off. That was definitely a statement of, oh, you can't get mine. Let me show you that I can do what you were trying to do better with ease. Better than you. That's why Max was saying just because the the action that Mason Rudolph initiated, Miles Garrett was better at, doesn't make Miles Garrett the bad guy. Like 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 Max gave a, a thousand analogies that was very true. Like he said, if I'm fighting somebody that's 6'8", and I bring a bat into the equation, and he brings his bat into the equation, and I drop my bat. Yeah. If he uses his, I brought the bat into the equation. So nobody should feel sorry for me. Mm-hmm. I was like, how many different ways can Max slice this? Do y'all not get it? And you know what's even a little crazier, man? It's just a thought that came. We're not going to 
dive into this. We're not. We're going to keep it into the football talk. But the fact that on a football field, the situation we just we just played out, and this is what happened. Objectively, what happened? It was last play of the game. Pursued the quarterback. Got the quarterback to come down. Right. It, I mean, we're playing. We're playing football still. Yep. Mason Rudolph initiates the excessiveness mm-hmm. with the head grabbing and whatnot. Yeah. And and we a part that we didn't mention when he picked him up by his face mask, got kicked in his testicles twice. Thank you. Disrespect. Nothing else. else Somebody tried to defend that afterwards too at the game, and they were like, "Well, like it wasn't a clean shot." And I even got more mad because I was like, "You know what? Don't you get more? Go for that." To to that's exactly what I said. Like, like I told the person, I was like, "But more so." And it was a it was a gentleman too, so I was even. I was like, "Dog." So. I'm really going to ask you a question right now. Don't you get more offended when a person misses because it hits a little later? Did you just try to do what I think you just tried to do? That's as if somebody spit on you. That's exactly what it is. That's the equivalent. It's not even the act that you're trying to hurt me. It's that you are. You got the nerve to take it there? Doing the most disrespectful thing I can imagine. Okay, bet. So. I thought Miles Garrett was rather nice about it, actually. I wouldn't have apologized. I'm not talking about that. I think he was rather, rather nice on the football field. Because once his helmet came off, he could have dropped the helmet and been like, Let's, let me truthfully put hands on you. Like Andre Johnson did to, was it, was it Corlin Finnegan? Finnegan? It was Corlin. Yeah. So, when Andre got his helmet snatched, he was like, I don't care. Right. I want to throw hands. I don't care. Yeah. So whatever so happens, happens. the fact happens. that that can take place, that can transpire. And as a man, I retaliate. And... Yeah, I take it a step further. I elevated by, you know what I'm saying, the, the, by the action that I did. Mm-hmm. But I retaliate because, right. look, it's sad because we also, I, and it would be, I just can't ignore this. We live in a world where a member of a police police force, mm-hmm. neighborhood, mm-hmm. in a household, into a household that doesn't even belong to them. It's happened time and time again. I'm not going to linger on this point. But just the, this is, this topic is deep. It's deeply rooted. Somebody can retaliate and take another person's, an innocent person's life, and then they're justified. Then they're good. They're good to go. So, no. That's why we feel the way we do. Because the principality that's at play here can't go down this way. That's it, though. And that's just it. to touch on this, too, everybody, I've seen people pointing to the fact that it was a defensive end against a quarterback. Like, you know that you tower over him. Shut up. Man to man. Let me explain something, too. Not only is that a shut up, Miles Garrett is 6'5", 285. Mason Rudolph is 6'5", 235. If they were in the octagon, it would have been sanctioned. If they were in a boxing ring, it would have been sanctioned. That's all I'm going to say. Plus his, plus his bodyguards. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Not to mention, like Max said, the biggest point, and then we can, I want to get into a couple of things about Miles Garrett real quick. Um, a key point that Max made, too, when the helmet came off, he already has David DeCastro in his face. And you can kind of see Miles kind of talking to him like, hey, X, yeah. Y, and you can see he's kind of going there. I'm still, Before still he could to even get to what, what's going on. He's still trying to figure out what's going on, and Mason is still charging. I took one thing away from that. I took one thing away from that. Go, oh, I'm going to relate a lot of stuff back to school. Going back to middle school, high school, you know whenever there was a fight, everybody ran. You And it was one of those situations where you didn't know if they were running to the fight or away from it. Because you didn't know if some if an administrator was breaking it up already. So whenever people are running, people are just running. How often as kids, 
did you feel some type of way if something happened and there was one particular person who looked right toward either the administrator, the teacher, whatever the case may be. That means while this was going on, you were well aware of where they were. The moment that Miles Garrett hit Mason Rudolph with that helmet, he zeroed in on the ref. What happened? Oh, gosh. Man. So that means you were very aware that that ref was standing there when you were charging him. You were very aware that that ref was standing there when he was twisting his neck. You was very aware of that ref when you was trying to kick him in his testicles. But the moment one thing happens to you, you want to pull the, what, uh, what, what, what happened? What ref? I don't know. He hit me with the helmet. I don't know what happened. Nah, you don't. You don't get to, nah, we not doing that. We not doing that. So I'm not even going to hold you. I lost a certain level of respect for Mason Rudolph as a human. Yeah. Only because of that instance. The fact that once he got hit, not that he reacted, not that he failed, not that he, I would have respected any of those more. Turning to the ref and looking like, what happened? Do me a favor, dog. Turn to your jersey. Well, and how does the organization feel? I know how Mike Tomlin feels. <laughs> um, I'm perfect, right on time. This is the break. When I get back, we'll, we'll uh, close up this Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph situation, and we'll also talk Colin Kaepernick. And we'll talk uh, while I still stand where it. I stand, but you love to see it. Facebook or the gram. Hit us up at the Rebel HD2. 91.5 The Rebel HD2, the UNLV Surplus Center, along with 91.5 Jazz and More, will host our fall community pop-up shop Saturday, November 23rd from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the UNLV Surplus Center. The UNLV Surplus Center will offer special deals and fun events, including local artisan booths. The Surplus Center is located in the Thunder Warehouse on the UNLV campus between the Lead Library and the Thomas and Mack Center. More information available at 702-895-5384. That's 702-895-5384. The Rebel HD2. Welcome back. Welcome back to Talk That Talk. I am your host, Terrell Chatterbox Emerson. You are listening to Talk That Talk on 91.5, the Rebel HD2, KUNV Las Vegas. I am joined in studio with Daryl D. Hoop Harris. Hope everybody's having a great Sunday. Yes, yes. Uh, I dropped that. That's not good. Um, but I just want to touch on two points really quick about the Miles Garrett thing before we go ahead and switch subjects, switch gears a little bit. Miles Garrett, I just want to point to two months. Well, why Miles Garrett was in the news for the last two months. Granted, he did have that situation with Delaney Walker week one. Delaney Walker, I'm not saying he's a dirty player, but Delaney Walker is a person who talks, is a person who is good at what he does, talking and playing. So he has been known to get under people's skin sometimes. Mm-hmm. Personally, as a fan and as a media member, I love people like Delaney Walker. But I'm sure as a player, it can get under your skin, especially when you're getting clubbed by him. So um, he's been in the news for that. That hit against Trevor Simeon where he dislocated his ankle, I don't think that was a dirty hit. That's just me personally. Yeah, brutal hit. Um, just a just a good football hit, and he's just a big man. <laughs> That's just what happens. That's what he can do to somebody. That's football. And um, yeah. So I just want to talk about the reasons why he was in the news for two consecutive months. And it's just funny how, like you said before, we talked about cops entering people's homes and taking innocent lives and things of that nature. But we talk a lot about what people that look like you and me 
have to go through in comparison to people that don't look like you and me. Um, let's just address how two months ago, everybody loves Chris Long, right? Everybody loves Chris Long from the Eagles. He was the player captain for the entire league in terms of organizing charitable events, in terms of following through on Make-A-Wish, on things with children, initiatives, things of that nature. Yeah. When he stepped down, he made it known in September that Miles Garrett was stepping up for him, that Miles Garrett is now in that role. Didn't we just report on a story last week how a fan approached Miles Garrett to take a picture and punched Miles Garrett in the face and ran off? And everybody commended Miles Garrett for being able to show with restraint. I don't think that story got nearly the coverage it should have. Fast that changes. You see how fast that changes. Now this is a a beast who shouldn't be allowed to play football anymore. Take legal action. What are we? What assault. are we talking about here? What are we talking about? I was here? just assaulted, sir. What are we talking about here? You talking about the man that you just kicked in? All right, never mind. Um, that, I that, truthfully that don't want to talk about that anymore. That Miles story Mason didn't, Rudolph really that story didn't get the attention it deserved, though. No. No, not not this one. No, I know what you mean. The, I know what you mean. Didn't light There's up a reason what, what why, though. There's yeah. a reason why, though. Trust me, if somebody walked up and put their arm around Tom Brady and cold-cocked him, it would be everywhere. Tom would be a saint for not saying anything. Happened to Miles Garrett, who was also a defensive end. Plays defense, gets paid to hit people legally. And he took the high road. So we're going to forget about him being a player captain. We're going to forget about the charitable events that he does. We're going to forget about the work with children that he does. We're going to forget about how this man literally restrained himself against somebody who does not play his profession. Yeah, and at any moment, let's, let's, uh, let's demonize this man immediately. Oh, yeah. Let's figure out if this man has anger management issues. Let's figure out if we can put throw this man behind bars. Yeah, we see it far too often. Let's talk about something else that we've seen far too often, and that's Colin Kaepernick. I want to start off with something that I've said, and I'm going to continue to say. Mm-hmm. I do not want Colin Kaepernick back in the NFL. I personally do not want Colin Kaepernick back in the NFL, and I'm going to say it a third time. I do not want Colin Kaepernick back in the NFL. Simply put, you ask me why, they don't protect Cam Newton. Why the hell would they protect Colin Kaepernick? The league doesn't quite deserve the re- what, what the return means. And that's my second point. At some point, I tell everybody I'm around, you got to realize when you outgrow a situation. And when somebody else is acknowledging the, what they – what they missed out on and seeing the potential it has and then only doing it for themselves. That's a that's an even better point that you actually might have brought up. You might have brought up a podcast point, Loki. You might have brought up a separate point. Cause by the way, by the way, random, but as promised, Sunday we did record our um we did record episode 14 of our podcast. I'm happy that you said that because the episode title is Public Disrespect Private Apologies. Mm. You know I haven't heard this yet. Fire. When I tell you we are talking about public disrespect and private apologies. Fire. So, anyway, let's speak about a little bit of that public disrespect. Me, personally, let's go ahead and and give people an insight on how we talk on our podcast. Um, So, I'm going to give it to you guys how I give it up any other time. And this is the way I talk, obviously, when I'm with my friends. Daryl, what's your hometown? Carson, California. 90746. Shout out. How old are you? 22. What's your ethnicity? I'm black. All right. So I'm 24, turned 25 on Tuesday. 
because of that, I don't know if we're gonna have an episode next week. We're gonna figure this out. <laughs> um <laughs> so if I need to recuperate all the way until Sunday off of a Tuesday birthday, that's crazy. Um but crazy, but it's true. <laughs> it would make sense because I'm in Vegas, right? All right. But I say that because when you talk about cat and we talk about outgrowing situations the reason why i wanted you to give me your age your hometown and your ethnicity because i'm 24 years old about to be 25 i claim inglewood california only because i moved around a lot but i did my high school years in inglewood so that's that's the city that i consider the city that made me a man my granny has always lived near slauson and crenshaw so that crenshaw district has been home since i was born so that's that's something different so anyway i say all of that to say this daryl because of that I could walk by you on this UNLV campus, find out that you're from Carson, California, and need nothing more than to know certain things that you won't take simply because of our upbringing. Mm. And you know for a fact, (laughs) once I say this, I truthfully hope that nobody argues this point. Do you remember my favorite? Do you remember my, we, we had a podcast about relationship questions. I told you the one relationship question I hate is who you texting. Yeah. I hate it. And I don't mean it in a relationship because we talked about it. If you're in a relationship, you got to give it up. That's the point. The reason why we hate relationship questions is I hate being asked relationship questions when there's not a relationship. Don't ask me who I'm texting. Anybody. Doesn't matter. I'm not texting you. Like, mind the business that pays you. So the reason why I say that is because (laughs) you can't tell me be here on this day at this time we can't switch it we can't tell you who's gonna be here sounds like a setup sounds like a setup to me and then so is that why he changed locations like i told my dad there was a small part of me and this is why you got to be careful with the energy that you put out there was a small part of me when they said that i told my dad i was like bro listen to what they just told him I said, Dad, it sounds like he's walking into an execution. Something can happen at the airport. Especially if you know where he's, which facility he's going to, you can cover those two or three roads. Plenty of different things that you can do. I told my dad I thought it was the biggest boss move that he showed up in Atlanta and was like, actually, we're going to do it outdoors at a high school where there can be fans outside, where there can be media outside. Because we would be indoors, number one. You're not going to put me in a test tube. With your... Facts. You're not going to put me in this damn maze and have me run around for your enjoyment. So we're going to go to where I want to go. And like you said before, this is why I thought that was a brilliant point that you brought up. When people realize the significance of something and they try to come back and you realize, oh, they just realize how dope I am or how dope this situation is or how dope this product is. So they're coming back for selfish reasons. Yeah, Don't create this for me now. He knew it. That's why he was like, cool. If it's real. I think even Cap let us know he didn't believe it was real. So that's why he was like, if it is real, you guys need me. So that means you'll do it on my turn. You're in the palm of my hand. So that means you're gonna show up to where I tell you to show up. And I thought it was beautiful that they absolutely (laughs) did it. That was tough. Not to mention he showed up with a Kunta Kinte shirt on. (laughs) I tweeted it and was like, the layers. (laughs) The way that this man is picking y'all apart. He he's always peaceful. That's why I don't understand how, and this is where I'm going to get on the Stephen A point. I seen the video, a little 
blog like that he did. I've said this before, and I'm going to say it one more time. I feel like the only time that Stephen A. Smith sets us back is when he opens his mouth about Colin Kaepernick. You know what I think it's going to take? his changed over time. His, it keeps changing. You know the point that's going to and it's gonna it's gonna bother me. Not in the sense I love Max. We everybody knows I love Max Kellerman. I want to talk to Max about. Mm-hmm. I want Max on a podcast. Yeah, for real. Because I want Max to talk. Max is solid. when he doesn't have to worry about anybody. Max is super any repercu- any repercussions. Yeah, I want to talk to Max in person. Seriously, yeah, like Max off the record. Is, yeah, tell me. Yeah, it's up there. And I think that it's a thousand percent. The point that I just brought up. It's gonna take Max Kellerman to say on air tomorrow to say I have an issue with you telling me where to show up when to show up, how to show up, who can be there, who I can bring. You can't tell me who you're bringing. How many times do you and me, we can be, I can be heading to your dorm. You could be headed to my house. You know who's in my house. Mm -hmm. You know the three people that's in my house. And I say three people because two of them are dogs. You know the people that's in my house. Yeah, but we're going to coordinate though. I'm still going to ask you who all going to be there. Yeah. (laughs) Am I lying? Not at all. I need to know things. Things you need to know. You don't talk to me, dog. You break up with your. You break up with your girl today. You don't hear from her for three years. She tells you show up here. Don't bring nobody. I can't tell you why. We can't change the date. I can't tell you Let's who's gonna talk. be here. I'm not coming. <laughs> Are you crazy? That's craziness. All right, so <laughs> there's a couple crazy points here that I think we'll have to follow up later on on a podcast. Most dev, we're <laughs> we're not gonna get to baseball. We're not gonna get to the MLB awards. We're not gonna get to the Astros cheating. I am gonna get to Melo though. <laughs> we got to. We're but thank two things, God Melo's back in the league. Two things: Stephen A. Mm-hmm. being the point man, the the official correspondent oh for anything. For for things, whether it's game seven, he doesn't whether speak for it's, us. I'll whether keep it's that. if Cap is good to go, whether it's who's signing him, whether it's what he's heard. Stephen A. just being ESPN's <laughs> correspondent is crazy to Ooh. the public. Just Stephen A. I think that I saw something that says Stephen A. Sports Center the other day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he does. He has Sports Center before NBA Countdown. He does. So the Stephen A. Smith Network is crazy. Facts. Um, and then. That that little that little hand motion where you cut it, where he kept doing it's a rap. He wants to be a martyr. He doesn't want to play football. He does. He I is not get, easy to set up. I you get, can't line me up. I actually from a from a from a Twitter clip. I didn't get what he was trying to say. I, I didn't know from from the headline to the words that were said to the message to the to the to the gesture of cutting it. I'm telling you, none of it made sense. None of it made any sense. I'm like my homeboy tweeted. Shout out to shout out to Juan. Shout out to J Dog. He tweeted it. And when he said that he had tweeted something and it was it was misspelled words or something because he was driving, whatever, whatever. My boy Jay took that and was like, your community is dragging you, sir. <laughs> and I thought that was such a simple tweet. So factual. And I know Stephen A. Smith would get on TV and, and I don't I, give a damn. That's the problem. You need to give a damn. That's that's why I'm yeah. so bothered by it because I feel like the only and I've listened to him for years and I shouted out Definitely. Steve Weiss. Steve Decade. Weiss and Stephen A. Smith are they're close. Yeah. Let me explain something. I've told Steve I've told Steve this before. I absolutely love Stephen A. The one thing that I truthfully feel like me and him will get into a shouting match over is Colin because his idea is and his argument of well we know it's not right but we knew that when you did what you did stuff like this could happen. 
So you just told me to stare in the face of injustice and be like, well, we knew what was going to happen. Stephen A. Smith, what are you asking us to do right now? To be okay with it? To ignore it? To work around it? Steve, All hey, answers I'm going do? to tell you are wrong. And the thing is, we might think we know what Stephen A. would do. I think I know what Stephen A. would do. I think I Stephen A. is telling us what he would do, and it's disgusting me. I, ain't, I wasn't going to finish my boys. Go finish that. I will. But when you when you give 80 percent of your statement or 85 percent of your statement, you're forcing the rest of us to come up with the last 20 or the last 15. So because of that, you're forcing me to believe what would you do in a situation you either would have never knelt, or you would have knelt and you would have been silenced when they told you to stand up. Yeah, you were tightened up. And like I said, it disgusts me either way. And like you said, that means Max would have been the one to look at him and be like, "Mm, like, actually, I'm gonna drop the two knees now. Yeah. And I, like this had nothing to do like now. It doesn't have this is just people. Would you do it? No. But I wouldn't you? No. Would you get back up? No. Oh, okay. I was about to say because I, I almost it? told him Thank myself. <laughs> would I would I get back up after? No. Right. Would Max? I don't think Max would. What type of person? Like it's it's not this is not beyond a little bit beyond color because even Kaepernick's, you know, racially ambiguous. Exactly. And on top of that, raised by a white family, adopted by a white family. So at the end of the day, it's just, you know, what's inside. But that's crazy, man. I just it's have I, like it boils down to something simple for me, and it boils down to something that's not football related. And this is why, like a Marcus Spears, a Damian Woody, a Ryan Clark, a Jonathan Vilma, I would a Dominique Foxworth, I would pose the same situation to all of them. Your ex, you break up. Three years go by, she doesn't talk to you. You're hearing reports. You're hearing something she said. She tells you, "Meet me here. We can't change the date. It's you and me. I can't tell you who else is gonna be there. You can't bring anybody. I got my photographers here. I got my." Mm. I'm not walking into a. Here. I'm not walking into huh? a lineup. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And like I said, and how many times have we had situations where we'd be like, "Nope, don't feel right," and then you come to find out later on, oh, nothing happened. Cool, good to know. Still wasn't there. I still kept myself away from it. Yeah. Like I told my dad, do I believe that the NFL would be stupid enough to have something happen to Cap? No, but then these are the situations where something happens, and we're like, "What just happened? How did? Ain't this, no way that that like, just okay, happened." Okay, now let's retrace this because exactly now we got to have a conversation that I didn't want. The proof was in the pudding. I told my dad have, we don't want to have that combo. That's why I didn't want to come on air and be like, "It sounds like a setup. It sounds like a lineup. It sounds like a this. It sounds like a that." It's crazy. But I'm sitting here it like, happen, it's like, "Yo, what if it did?" It sounds like a. It sounds like a dad. We've seen this movie before. I don't like going to people's houses and let. In for Atlanta? instance, I went to go meet somebody. Who said he don't stay in Atlanta? I met somebody who, um, or actually, was I talking to somebody? What were we, what were we just talking about? You said, um, you said, um, um, oh, about to lose the point. You just mentioned it. You said, uh, you said Cap. You said why Atlanta? It was right before that Atlanta point. Would you get back up? Uh, no. I think I left it. I think I lost it. Nah, you got it. Uh, shoot, but I just don't know where exactly. It doesn't even way. matter. I was about to say, but yeah, but I know it was definitely about Cap. And my whole thing was, like I said, you, you can't fault a person for protecting their well-being. I don't know what y'all are on. I haven't talked to y'all in three years. And on top of that, any communication we've had in three years hasn't been you good. You want to hit me up week 12? Week- <laughs> like I said, the real big thing with me, I told my dad that I was really shocked about, we can't tell you who's going to be there. Like I said, we could be close. You have, t- not you have told me that before, but if you told me that, I'm looking at you like, 
And why, I'm not why the you type. Want me to come there? And that's my that's my next question. Because my next question isn't well, nah. Tell me who's there. I don't care enough. Why I gotta be there? If I can't get my answers, my questions answered, why I gotta be there? If you only need what I'm bringing, then I don't need to be there. Trust me. I know Caprice had a lot to talk about with this Colin Kaepernick situation and this Miles Garrett situation because Caprice almost stopped watching football behind Vontaze Burfick. I went through and showed her a couple of the highlights, and she was like. I think this man is clinically insane. And then I told her, and now she's not trying to hear anything I said because I've met Vonta. I, fe- I felt that way before too. But I told you before, you can feel however you feel. But when you meet that person, you got to meet that person on ground zero. You got to wait. You got to filter out what everybody else has told you. Oh, yeah, and you so. got to, and I'm a man, so I'm operating on how you treat me as a man. Playing sports and having met Vontez, and I only met him one time. Vontae seemed like somebody I would absolutely want me want next to me. Genuine person, laugh with you, talk with you. You could tell him what's going on. That's how he plays Genuine. The water. Per- that's my point. He back to Max Kellerman. Max might have said the best thing about Vontae's birthday. He just might have an impulse control issue. He just might have an issue where when he's playing football, he just don't know how not to go that extra mile. Just because, yeah, this is the way. This was my release for my whole life. Yeah. Now, now the league wants to change, but I have another question around yes, this sir. Kaepernick point. Um, art, so the the construction of the event is a little little questionable, no doubt. But it took place. Yes. Um, are you shooting Jay Z any bail um, for this? Because I also just find it just very weird because it's the story, the post in itself. How Bleacher Report gets their hands on stuff to me is another question. It's another topic. Definitely. Because, Let's talk about that later. Because it's a little too easy. Bleacher Report is bigger than people would like to. It's a uh, little too uh, easy for you just for you to come out and you read on an Instagram post. Jay-Z helped make it happen. They and have people so many different places. For that though. to be, for me to just blindly trust that. Because, I mean, like, it, cause it just it's so easy and so easy to believe. And I, I do believe it. But do I think that Jay-Z's second slide in his PowerPoint when he met with Roger Goodell was like, all right, so, yo, hey. Or that his follow-up meeting was, all right, so I'm glad we met. We got Super Bowl, da 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 Next, Kaepernick has to get a workout or else I can't do what I was going to do with y'all no more because this is my point I'm going to die on. Jay-Z I'm not going to hold you, brother. We can talk about it when we get back. I absolutely disagree with you. I think that was exactly what his point was. I would hope. I would hope. We can get it. We can get it um, into it a little bit more. We got this last break. It'll be a super duper short break. But you guys are listening to Talk That Talk on ninety one point five, the Rebel HD two. Broadcasting live from UNLV, KUNV, Las Vegas. That's how we already know. Ninety one point five, the Rebel HD two. Everyone is talking about healthcare these days. America spends twice that of other developed countries on our healthcare system, yet our health ranks near the bottom. How can we stop spending so much and getting so little? By shifting to a system that gives more patients access to strong primary care. Primary care can help make America healthy again. To learn more about the benefits of primary care, visit www.healthisprimary.org. This message is brought to you by America's Family Physicians. Welcome back to Talk That Talk. On 91.5, the Rebel HD2, KUNV Las Vegas. I am your host, Terrell Chatterbox Emerson, in the studio with Daryl D. Hoop Harris. Whew. 
And um, to answer your question really quick, you had a point mm-hmm. about whether Jay-Z gets credit for the Colin Kaepernick situation. Um, he does get credit for the Colin Kaepernick situation uh, only because you were saying that you didn't believe that that was like one of the second things that he kind of went in there with. I'm going to actually do you one I just better. Hope, I just hope that, you know, that, that what we're being told is, is the truth. Because if so, I love it. You know, I, I'm here for it. I think it's what you define as the truth as well. Yeah. Only reason why is because I feel like how do you determine what's the truth? Like, what are you asking to determine what's the truth? Because, for instance, like the Jay-Z situation. Yes, I believe that even when he... I believe... First of all, Jay-Z is one of those people where everything he does is calculated. So, I firmly believe that when he made the call to the NFL, absolutely, Colin Kaepernick was in his mind. Whether or not he said it right away, I don't know. Yeah. But... No doubt in my mind, he was not finna stand next to the NFL after wearing a Kaepernick jersey during a live show. Yeah, where he's doing seasides in Brooklyn, New York, where he's gonna team up with the NFL and not have as authentic in that as, as authentic a, a moment, low key. So he's giving us, I just don't. I, I didn't see no, a I reason you. why he would do that. However, that doesn't take Jay Z out of my crosshairs. It never has. I told you the moment that Jay Z stood firm in my crosshairs was when one of the first initiatives was gathering up and rounding up black men to cut their locks for a new start, for a fresh start, for a fresh beginning. What am I starting fresh from? Explain He's that. He's growing his hair out. That's why I said explain it. <laughs> no, no, that's crazy. That pissed me off. Because first question I had was, what you growing your hair out for then? What's the point? And I've, I've had conversations with people in general. Before you get locks, my auntie said, mm-hmm. go, fi- go, go tap into your spirit. I, know and I was like, what? Go tap into my spirit. What you mean? And she was like, you don't know because you ain't tried. Like, go try it. And if it's meant for you, you'll literally walk into it. And I was like, this is like, you're setting me up for failure. You're setting me up to walk outside and not know what I'm looking for. I came back to her a week later and was like, I don't know. Is, is it this? I feel like it's this. And she was like, Let's start locking it up right now. And I was like, okay, cool. So I understood it. So that just forced me to believe, and I think I said it on the podcast. Jay-Z, what was that conversation you had with yourself before you started growing your hair up? What did you go through? What did you have to come to grips with? Well, you told me your own personal account. Everybody knew my personal account if you're close to me. And so to, before me, I hadn't had the, the question yet posed behind it. But I, I grew my hair out as a kid. You know, mm-hmm. I kind of always had long hair. So I, I have an affection towards it. Um, but you kind of just asked me again. It's like, okay, what's what's the goal? Yeah, like, are you doing it just because? And just think about it. You don't have this isn't for you to tell me. Facts, exactly. That's the first thing I tell me. everybody. It's not for me. It's not for me. And you know what's funny? Somebody, uh, <laughs> somebody Caprice does my hair. Everybody knows that my auntie started it. Caprice does it. Nobody else has ever uh, did my hair except for Caprice. Um. I posted a picture or something, and she was like, Locks looking healthy. And I was like, uh, just trying to get closer to God, you know? And when I said it, I just kind of laughed. And I think right as soon after that, I tweeted, I tweeted the nip bar, feeling connected to God, trying to get closer. Trust me, if you do not have locks, what I'm saying is going over your head. Like you are not understanding it right now. You're sitting here like, go back to the go back to cat. But trust me, if you got locks, you just appreciated that little two and a half minute rant I just went on. But um, mm. yeah, man. So you know, um, it's a vibe. Anybody who has locks, and once again, keep in mind, I don't call them dreads. 
Ain't nothing dreadful about this journey. Uh, keep the locks. I like it. Keep the locks. And I love the fact that the people who have locks are doing things that most people without locks couldn't do. And that can kind of just speak for itself. <laughs> that can just kind of speak for itself. But um, last point, man. I want to end on a good note. My dad didn't give me a tip in today. My dad said he has he's going to double up next week and have two of them. I know Caprice wants to talk. Colin Kaepernick wants to talk. Uh, Miles Garrett. We will. Uh, she's gotten a thousand shout outs on here. But you guys already know if you listen to the OD podcast, Caprice is a fixture on that uh, podcast. So you guys will hear her uh, stance on that. Then now, how fitting is it that for the last seven minutes of the show? Yeah. We get to talk Mello. Mello's back in the league, man. Mello, and I've said this before, and I'm gonna continue to say it every time his name comes up. Mello is one of the few people that I've ever met, league wise, like just professional league wise. Mello seems like everybody's big brother. Yeah, man. I kind of want to expand on that. It's like you don't you want even me to have or you to. Want to? No, oh, they said you want. No, I got it. Oh, okay, cool, cool. I thought you said you want. No, me just kind of like a. Uh, you know, big bro, that's who you get the game from. For sure. And not gonna judge you, been through everything. And shouldn't say everything. Got plenty of knocks against him. Probably get you know, got into his own, but at the end of the day, I can't tell him nothing because what I'm gonna tell him that he Where can, I'm that he trying to go, know. he's been. What what I'm what I'm gonna tell him? <laughs> I can reaffirm you know, I can I can remind you every something, but at the end of the day, like he's earned that respect from me. For, from this generation though. Can we address that? Because yeah. I think, because yeah. who said it? I don't know if it was Jacoby from Jalen to Jacoby. Somebody said it and was like, what is it? Why is it? That might have been Rachel Nichols. Shout out to another beautiful soul when you talk to her. Um, she might have posed the question, what is it with this generation's fixation on Mello? And I think Kendrick Perkins hit the nail right on the head. People keep disrespecting him. It's like, yeah, fixation. Like, he's great. Like KP said, we just don't understand why... He's hated. Good teammate, good human, could play basketball. I don't understand. We've never even been in, like never. Uh, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna do that because somebody's gonna find the the the, <laughs> the example. But like he hasn't changed. We go through that a lot. Mello. The only thing that I will say, and this is a podcast conversation, but somebody's gonna go back to the Lala situation, and I know but it for that's a fact. What I'm We're saying. talking basketball that's right now, <laughs> and Mello is a goat. <laughs> Melo is a goat scorer, and I stand by that. Because you know what, I, I tell people a lot. Who was in, and most people say nobody. I'm like, who was the most prolific scorer in between Kobe and KD? And everybody's like, Bron? No, prolific scorer. No, I'm so talking about prolific scorer. Meaning, once he crosses what half court, Tracy McGrady, he what, can go anywhere. T Mac is definitely there. But we for sure. For the long oh no, I said like, in between. Not, oh yeah, facts. Definitely, like you said. So during that stretch. It wasn't, Come on now, who you who you trying to who you want to throw out? Wasn't even D Wade. In between, first of all, I think we need to address that Kobe in general too, real quick. In between losing Shaq and in between getting Powell, that was a different Kobe. That was a thirty-five point four point per game scoring Kobe. Yeah, that was a different Kobe. I just want to I just want to bring that up. So from that Kobe to KD two thousand ten two thousand eleven when he became KD. Who held it down those five or six years? Melo was the person that anytime you tip the ball off, that man can give you 50. Didn't miss a season. Playing for the Knicks, keep in mind. Playing for the horrible Knicks. And, and did it and said, let's do it. 
we voluntarily went over there. And not on top of that, when they had nothing, maybe Kobe's uh that Laker run was was special. Like you know, the entire Lakers run was special. But the, the series that people want to go back to and say, who did Kobe really go go at it with in, in the West? Because you know he did this thing with Duncan, but it's like you know, who who people was like, oh, the one time Melo went to the conference finals, no doubt. That series when that series was different, no doubt. <laughs> they went back and forth. They went back, and then when Lamar Odom stepped up, you had J.R. Smith step up. And then when you had Fish step up, you had Chauncey Billups step yo, up. Marcus and you're Kane. like, yo, wait a minute. You had Nene playing big. You're looking around like, yo, now, it's the fourth. This is it's lit. the fourth. We're all going to watch Kobe, but guess who's got Kobe? Carmelo does. When Me- and Can we just address the fact that, too, when people say that Melo didn't play defense, did we forget that Melo had the Kobe forehead tap? And he, almost, almost, and he almost always got the better of Braun. He has made Bron look crazy in some situations. Like he has had Bron jump on a pump fake, and he—I'm talking layup, baseline. He like not even has. I'm not even gonna dunk it. Nobody's here. You're in the air. I got time. So let's talk about a specific situation. I want to address the fact that Damian Lillard. The reason why I think this happened is because this happened. Damian Lillard going on the Joe Budden podcast in September and literally Wild. saying, "I stuck my hand out twice. We want him." I'm not doing it again. He not coming here. I thought it was the most. I think. I think Portland started looking at Melo when Dame said he's not coming here, and I truthfully think Melo started looking at Portland when he say he put his neck you out. Don't for come him. here. You're you're not coming here because granted he put his neck out twice, but it's almost like we 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 keep making references to girls probably because we're on camp probably because we're on, on a college campus yeah. and that's what college kids deal with the most social people or we're social, so. Let's say it's trying to figure out something that's kind of in the same vein. So let's say you get, let's say you got that, let's say you got a girl or a guy if if it's a different, uh, if it's a different case if you're a woman and you got somebody chasing you and you know that that person's going to always be there. So you're like, yeah, whatever. Okay, cool. When that person stops chasing you and then you kind of look around and realize nobody else was chasing you. How often do we go back and be like, all right, wait a minute, hold on. My bad. Let me let me think about this. Let me let me talk let me talk to you for a second. You think about it yourself first. You're like, hold on. You gotta have a come to Jesus moment, like, yo, I was being really trash. <laughs> so I think that's kind of the moment that Melo had. I think Melo was like, Yeah, I dogged Portland and I'm not above I'm not above back it. For anybody now, you know? I'm not above it. Not only that, because Portland might be my only shot. Yeah, they meet me where that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Not that Dame stuck his neck out just by saying that they wanted, but like going on there and vocalizing like that, yeah, not just not just Braun and C P and like you know what I'm saying? Like CJ did it before, right. Yeah, facts. Both outspoken about it. For sure. CJ CJ's outspoken about anything. We gotta get CJ like, on the pod. I was just about to say I would go to CJ's pod. Like it's lit, man. But um you got anything else you wanna wrap up with? Like I said, we still have plenty more that we wanna talk about. We're I'm wishing Melo the best. Uh I'm going to hold out on my basketball opinion right now only because I'm not even going to lie to you guys. You guys aren't going to get a basketball opinion from me right now because I'm such a big Melo fan. So, well, yeah, we'll, we'll, it's all emotion. We'll wait and see. Yeah, I'm going to just I'm gonna let it play out. Um, I do think Melo's going to get opportunities to – Melo's going to be in situations that he hasn't been in in the past two years in the sense that there's going to be moments where they throw him the ball and say, go get a bucket. Which is Ms. Holtzberg. 
Exactly. Which they're not going to tell him, stand in the corner, we're going to run this play, we're going to kick it to you, knock down the three. No, they're going to literally give him the ball and say, where do you want it? You want to go to the elbow? Cool, we're going to move here. You want the wing? Cool, I'm going to move here. I mean, tell me where to go, and I'm going to get out your way because we need you to just go get a bucket. Um, yeah, you see what it is. That's how they roll. They're I mean, let Dame get it. They're going to let Melo get it. I'm excited to see it, you man. get CJ? Like, they let what is going get on? It, and they say, get the offense, make the offense work. <laughs> we, we, need, we need points. Let's do it. Until next Sunday, guys.